fellow travelers, welcome to the 15th level of the RPG Cave. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Turford, the level 99 human archmage, and I'm joined as always by the level 99 elf ranger, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Saturday, good sir? I am doing fantastic. I am drinking my second cup of coffee this time around on my beautiful oh. Zelda coffee mug. Do, 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 and do. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to talk some video games. Yeah, same here. It's going to be a fun show because, of course, we've got a very long series to talk about on the show today. But before we get into all that, of course, (laughs) we got to clear the dungeon of some pesky mobs. Of course, if you like what we do and you want to support us, the the show in general, of course, you can support us over on your podcast service of choice by just subscribing to it, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. It helps the show. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you leave a five-star rating, um, first of all, we'll read it on the show. But second of all, it'll really help the show as well get discovered by new people. So we wanted to say, of course, thank you to everyone who goes and supports us there. Second off, of course, if you want to see our beautiful faces every single week, you can head on over to youtube.com slash Yumi Capri, where we actually post a video version of the show there, um, where you, you can, again, see our beautiful faces on camera. And again, like, subscribe, share with all your friends. Again, all the stuff that people on YouTube tell you to do with YouTube videos. And then last but not least, if you want to throw a little tip in the old tip jar, patreon.com slash Yumi Capri is how you go do that. Get early access to this and all of our shows, as well as some exclusive content like the Yumi and Capri podcast, which we just posted a, vi- uh, a new episode this week, plus the nice. Pants Patreon podcast for patrons podcast and maybe some stuff in the future that we maybe talked about on the Yumi Capri podcast. Ooh. Wink, wink. Um, but Garrett, it's time to read from the sacred texts. And I mean, we're here to celebrate 25 years of the Tales series. Of course, the Tales wow. series turns 25 this year. It's a That is almost as old as me. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost as old as you. That's kind of crazy. Whereas it's just, it's not even like half my age, Garrett. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm very glad that we're here to talk about the Tales series because the Tales series is one of my favorite RPG series uh, of all time. And okay. uh, we have a new entry coming out soon, which I'm very excited yes. to talk about uh, a little bit later in the show. But of course... We wouldn't be reading from the sacred text, Garrett, if I didn't go and regale you with some yes. fun facts or fun facts in quotation marks. So fun um, facts. I don't have a, an extensive list of notes here this week, but okay. we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. So first off, mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, Garrett, but essentially um, the Tales series itself um, didn't actually start with Bandai Namco in particular, it, it, the first okay. game was actually published by Bandai Namco. Um, but essentially what ended up happening was um, the idea for the Tales series actually came from a novel called Fantasia, um, which was not actually a Tales branded novel or anything like that. Um, and what happened was um, the author of the novel, as well as uh, some other video game programmers, were basically trying to take the idea of turning Fantasia, the book, into a video game. So they were actually okay. pitching it as an RPG to a bunch of different companies, including Enix at the time, who actually turned down the project. So we could have had a wildly different mm. future if like, you know, the Tales series had been like approved by, you know, Enix, the company that made Dragon Quest at the time before they merged with mm-hmm. Enix. Um, like that's that was just a crazy fun fact. But that would be crazy. After pitching the idea to several companies, it was Namco that ended up taking on the series. And I mean, they've been Good. doing the Tales series ever since with with the company. So currently there are 16 entries in the mainline okay. Tales series with the 17th entry Tales of Arise launching later this week, the week that you're, you're listening to this episode. 
if you include all the spinoffs, though, Garrett, there are 31 total entries plus multiple, multiple re-releases of many of the titles, which if you included those as well, would bring it to 44 total Tales games. And that doesn't include any games on mobile because there's also lots of mobile Tales games as well. So like well over 50 Tales games in the series, which again, here in North America, we're like, that sounds like an awful lot. I don't remember 50 Tales games, you know, being here in North America. And you would be right in saying that, dear listener, because most of those games didn't actually come out here. Um, Japan whether it's the, only. Yeah. Th- there were a lot of mainline games that skipped North America. A lot of the most of the spinoffs skipped North America. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. almost all the mobile entries actually skipped North America, too. So for the most part here in North America, we've had a lot less Tales games. Then uh, uh, the rest of the world, even Europe, for example, got releases that came to Japan and Europe only, but not North America, which is that is interesting. Very. What, what makes them have that kind of decision just to go to Europe? Like, I don't is know. it a demographic deal or a publishing deal? I think as I think it just depends so on like the level of localization that has to go into it. Because I, from That's what true. I've been, from what I've seen from some of the European only releases. Um, mm-hmm. And this kind of goes back to the, the working designs episode that we did that we talked about with localization, where mm-hmm. essentially like a lot of the European releases are like straight translation, translated from Japan, Japanese to like the European languages as is mm-hmm. without touching anything. Oh, so um, it wasn't much translation work involved. It's just a straight. Like yeah, carry over. And oh, I mean, okay. there's still okay. probably a lots of work that goes into it because there's lots of lines of dialogue. But right. um, at the same time, most of the European releases had English on them. So I'm surprised they never got released here, which is weird. Like right. Tales of Eternia, for example, got a really good remake on PSP um, that you can actually import and play on PSP just fine because the PSP is region three um, and it'll play in English just fine. But for whatever reason, it only came out in Europe and Japan, but not North America. I don't know why. It's it doesn't make a lot of sense, um, but the series has been All getting right, much then. more popular here in North America, kind of yes, over the is. years. Um, and and what I'm gonna kind of break down. Obviously, we're not gonna break down, you know, all every all game. 17 <laughs> mainline titles, let alone all the the spinoffs. Yeah. But I have some notable releases that I wanted to kind of touch on here, like we usually do. So first off, the very first Tales game, Tales of Fantasia, which again mm-hmm. coming off the P- Fantasia name, um, which kicked off the series in Japan on December 15th, 1995 on PlayStation 1, but this version didn't actually hit North America until March 6th, 2006 on Game Boy Advance. More than 10 years later. Okay. More than 10 years later, they did a remake of it on Game Boy Advance, and that actually came out here, um, as opposed to, but we never got the PS1 version of it at all. Okay. And then, but the very first North American Tales game that we got was Tales of Destiny on PlayStation 1, which launched mm-hmm. on December 23rd, 1997 in Japan, and then a year later on September 13th, uh, 1998 in North America. And then from there, the next most notable release was Tales of Symphonia, launched in mm-hmm. Japan on August 29th, 2003, and then in North America on July 13th, 2004 on the GameCube, which I know we've got, a, actually we have a couple questions that tie into that a little bit later in the show. I know it's a lot of people's first game, so that's why I wanted to include it kind okay. of on this yeah. list here. The very first Tales game that came out on PlayStation 2, though, was Tales of Legendia, which launched in Japan on August 25th, 2005, and then in North America on February 7th, 
2006, and that one's notable because the the Tales series was actually very prominent on PlayStation 2. Really, we just had the one entry with Tales of Symphonia, that generation, on GameCube, and then the rest of them came out on P- PlayStation 2. So okay. um, that that's kind of where that started. This was kind of a weird one. Tales of Vesperia launched in Japan right. on August 7th, 2008, and then in North America the same month on August 26th, 2008 on Xbox 360. It was an Whoa. Xbox 360 exclusive until that it came out a year later mind. on PlayStation 3 <laughs> in Japan only. And then it eventually came out later on, on Switch and every other console. And then right. the very first PlayStation 3 uh, Tales game was Tales of Exilia, uh, which launched on September 8th, 2011. And then North America on August 6th, 2013, which was for surprisingly two years later for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. But Tales of Exilia was kind of like a big shift for the Tales series. Um, it's when they started to ch- make a lot of refinements to the combat, um, as okay, well as cool. they, they took like a very different visual style with it, which I'm going to touch on in, in just a second. And then finally, our very first PlayStation 4 Tales game, Tales of Zestaria, launched on January 22nd, 2015 in Japan and in North America on October 20th, 2015 on both PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. And then, so that was kind of where, where we kind of had the, the newer crop of Tales games come from. Um, mm-hmm. the, of course, the Tales series over the years is known for a lot of um, great anime cutscenes, and there have been yes. two very prominent um, Japanese anime studios that have been involved with those cutscenes for most of the the uh, earlier Tales games, basically up until Tales of Zillia, um, Production IG uh, was the the company involved. And if you don't know them, they actually did uh, Ghost of the Shell and a bunch mm-hmm. of other uh, anime series and movies. Um, they also are known for a bunch of other games as well, like Persona Five, for example. They did all the cinematics for Persona oh, Five so and Royal, um, which they are amazing. And then. When Tales of Exilia came around, that's when UFO Table was basically handed to the keys to the kingdom um, after the work on the Fate series and uh, Karanoki Okai and a bunch of other anime series. Um, and they've been doing the series ever since, up until Tales of Arise, oh. where um, that's, the, of course, the newest entry in the series, and they do all the cinematics for that game as well. Plus, they've also come up with a couple of tales of anime since then, and, and UFO Table's done all of those too, which has been mm-hmm. really, really, really cool to see. Of course, they're one of the best... Uh, companies out there for in anime as far as action scenes and whatnot. Um, so they're, I think they're a perfect fit for the Tales series. So Garrett, of course, yes. as always, when we cover a big series like this, we always got to talk about where we started with the series. And um, I've been okay. playing the Tales series for a long time, but I know, I don't know, I don't know actually know where you are with the Tales series. So <laughs> did, where did you start with the Tales series? I'm here to disappoint you, Ryan. I mean, I've dabbled with Tales series. Like <laughs> I've seen it and I'm like, those look like a cool series to go into. And it's like, but I have all these other games to worry about. I I became familiar with the Tales series is actually with um with PlayStation Vita when I got the the Vita and I think Tales of Hearts R was yeah. on sale. And I remember um a lot of folks out there is like, oh, this is a fantastic uh, game on Vita. And so I grabbed it on sale, but I never really got into it too much. I probably played like maybe three or four hours of it. I think for me with the Tales series, it doesn't hook me too much compared to other RPGs. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, I, I know what kind of style it is. I know what the story is kind of is. I, I dabbled with Tales of Berseria as well, as I said, on my laptop. I want to play a little bit more of that because it, it seems interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, I've played the Tales of Arise demo as well. So I, I am interested in it. I've never really 
delve into one particular game though of, mm-hmm. of the Tales series. It always intimidates me because there's so many. Yeah. And then there's a lot that people have very polarizing opinions about. It's like, oh, this this Tales game is super not good. And then this game I very much enjoyed and and yeah. everyone's back and forth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where do I start and where do I end? Like I but I, I'm just thinking of trying out the newest Tales game and then Tales of Bizarre. I heard overall that was a good game. So yeah, definitely. I'll definitely try those out. And we're going to talk yeah. about that as well here, like where to start, because I think it's important to talk about that with a series like this or like if we were covering something like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. like a lot of those series with like, you know, 18 mainline entries, for example, like it's impossible to kind of know where to start or where kind of the good right. games are without either doing some research or asking someone or just randomly picking a game, but even then it might mm-hmm. not be the right game. Um, and the Tales games, like even though they aren't necessarily connected to each other, it's kind of like Final Fantasy in the same way where like right. each one's kind of based on its own um, different area. But there are some sequels. Um, for example, there's there's uh, Tales of Destiny 1 and 2, although mm-hmm. the North American version of Tales of Destiny 2 is not Tales of Destiny 2. It's Tales of Eternia, which I talked about earlier, uh, because mm-hmm. the real Tales of Destiny 2 came out in Japan only for oh, whatever wow. reason, and then they just rebranded Tales of Eternia as Tales of Destiny 2. But then beyond that, um, like Tales of Zestaria as a... Uh, like and Berseria are connected to each other because Berseria is actually a prequel to Zestaria. Um, so oh, they okay, actually tie cool. into each other. So even though they don't have a number attached to them, um, they mm-hmm. are actually like a sequel. Like Berseria is essentially a sequel, um, as well as Tales of Exilia and then Zilia Two, for example. Um, we have those as well. But for the most part, they're very much just isolated experiences. So in theory, mm-hmm. you should just be able to pick up any one of them and, and kind of go into it. But before I go any further, I should talk about, of course, how I got in Tales, because, um, again, like I just mentioned, I've been playing Tales for a long time. I've played mm-hmm. most of the, I've finished most of the North American releases for Tales at this point. There's a couple I haven't played through, like Tales of Destiny 1 I haven't played through, um, or Tales of Eternia. Those are the two I haven't played with, because, I mean, there's not a really good way of playing those unless you want to emulate them, because if you want a physical copy of those on PlayStation 1, you're looking at, you know, $700 a pop. If you want to get them right. the box, so they're Oof. very expensive games. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of those are kind of on the back burner. Um, but for mm-hmm. the most part, I played most of them. But what got me into Tales actually was um, at the time during the Xbox, uh, sorry, the Xbox GameCube and PlayStation Two generation. Um, mm-hmm. I had a GameCube, and my brother Kyle had a GameCube. And um, the GameCube was actually the first console I had bought that generation because um, Metroid Prime came out, and then I basically bought the console to go along with. Metroid Prime, because I was very excited about it, being a huge Metroid fan. Um, But I remember when we were talking about, um, when we had Winter Gamers question, where we were talking about kind of our favorite RPG on every console. (laughs) Um, When we got to GameCube, I had mentioned that like the GameCube itself didn't have very many choices. You had like Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. You had Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. And you had Tales of Symphonia which was actually oh. where I got started because um, my brother Kyle and I were both really into RPGs. And mm-hmm. um, essentially, and that was when I know Kyle was really getting much more into RPGs. I had been really just all over RPGs um, ever since, you know, the Genesis days. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, basically what ended up happening was Kyle was looking at RPGs to pick up on GameCube and he just found Tales of Zephonia just happened to be on a shelf one day. So he decided to actually pick it up. And then um, he actually, once he finished it, he actually ended up lending it to me because he loved it so much. And mm-hmm. I played through this game and loved it. 
It it was okay. such a good. It had such a good story. Um, it had some great characters, some excellent writing, and just it was really, really, really fantastic and and really a standout game on the GameCube. I think, um, especially for those who really wanted an RPG, because again, like I said, there wasn't much choice. And and right. most people, for example, haven't played you know, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance as an example because it was so hard to find. There were so few copies of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's super expensive now. Um, let alone some of the other. RPGs on GameCube. So, um, yeah, that was kind of where I got my start. Um, and then from there, um, I had bought my Xbox 360 at launch. And then as soon as Tales of Vesperia came out, I was all over that. And then yeah. from there, it was pretty much bat tracking and playing a lot of the Tales games that I missed. And then I've been pretty much playing every new Tales game when they come out ever since. So, um, I've been very hooked on the series. I really love. Um, how different some of the stories are uh, from each mm-hmm. other. There are some common themes between some of the Tales games, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, later in the show. But um, mm-hmm. I actually think Tales of the Symphonia is still a really fantastic game, and it d- definitely was the game that got me into the Tales series. But is is this Tales of Symphonia only on GameCube, or is it now on PC? Or it came to PlayStation Three in the form okay. of a collection called the Tales of Symphonia Chronicles. And then it never went any further than that. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So uh, it would be kind of rough to find other than emulating it, too. No, it's, all, it's on PlayStation Store for 20 bucks. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can, but it's on only for PlayStation 3, right? Yeah. You just have to go on okay. PlayStation 3 store and buy it at this point. But it's 20 Is bucks. it on PlayStation now? Is that? <laughs> no. Is, <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, I thought I saw a lot of JRPG-related games on PlayStation. There's now, a so. lot of Atelier games on PlayStation now. <laughs> there is. If you can believe that. Well, <laughs> which is actually next week's topic. Uh, yes. Stay for that one, folks. But, uh, yeah, actually, um, PlayStation Now has a lot of RPGs, but unfortunately, none of the Tales games are on PlayStation Now. For oh, that's rough. Whatever reason. Um, because, okay. uh, and these are totally games you probably could play on PlayStation now, but yeah, it's just, they're not there, unfortunately. So you, if you want to play a lot of these, uh, in fact, there were a lot of Tales releases on PlayStation 3, and if you want to play any of them, you pretty much got to bust out your PS3 at this point and play them that way, unfortunately, because they've never really come forward. But again, I've got mm. a, a little bit more to talk about later in the show when it comes to a lot of re-releases, because... Um, this is one series that I think really needs them, but I want to bring in two of our listeners who, even though they didn't ask the same question, I mm-hmm. wanted to bring them both in together because in a way their answers will kind of tie together when we talk about them. So, uh, let's start with Seamus McIsaac at famous Seamus on Twitter. He asked the question, what is the best tales game to start off with? If you've never played any of the games in the series before and likewise, Gilgamesh mm. on Discord asked the question, obligatory, what is your favorite Tales game of all time? But more than that, I have only played Tales of Symphonia and its sequel, Dawn of the New World, which actually came out on the Wii, but also got re-released on PlayStation 3. I just mm-hmm. barely started playing Vesperia last week on Steam and picked up Zesteria and Berseria on sale last month. Having been away from the series since Symphonia, would any of these titles be better as a reintroduction point or is there a better one that I don't have? So the mm. reason I kind of tied these together is because I think the answer to both of these questions is exactly the same because okay. um, I think the best place to start for the Tales game, especially if you don't want to roll the dice and start with Tales of Arise, because I think after playing the demo and we'll talk about our mm-hmm. impressions of the demo in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. after playing the demo, I think that's probably going to be my de facto answer of where to start, but yeah. it's, it's a full price game. 
So not everyone That's wants true. to start a series that they don't know if they're going to like with a full price game, right? So um, what I would say out of the list that Gilgamesh mentioned here, I think the best entry point is actually Tales of Berseria, the one that you are playing on right. PC right now. Yes, it's a prequel to Zestaria, but you don't need to know anything about Zestaria to, you know, get the full experience from Berseria. Um, in fact, if anything, please don't go back and play Zestaria first because that game does not play very well. And the story, I, I it's, it's got some, it's got some pacing issues with the story and it's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of all over the place. Um, but, but Berseria, I think, tells this really solid revenge story um, that just has like fantastic combat, great characters. And just, it was such a ton of fun to play um, and it still mm -hmm. holds up really well. And um, I still think that it's probably the best place for a, any new tales person to start because Vesperia, mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people tried out kind of the remake of Vesperia that came out on switch and all the other consoles, yeah. like the definitive edition. And for a while that was kind of my go-to answer, but I know that, um, it, with like the, the 2D plane for kind of the action for that game is kind right. of a turnoff for people. Um, whereas Vesperia has like full 3D combat and um, it feels much closer to like a I mean, modern Vizaria. action RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's probably the best place to start. But Garrett, I know since you've only dabbled, I'm still going to ask I'm you anyways. Dabbled. What do you yes. what do you think about th these two? Like this question as far as where people should start. Do you think Berseria, um, Do you think I'm right about Berseria being a good starting point? I think you're right with Berseria before Tales of Arise, just because it's out on PlayStation 4 and you can play it backwards compatible with PS5 or you can play on Steam. And these that game is always on sale, like yeah. a lot. And it's I've on sale for like heard, $12 all the time too, which is great. It's, it's really insane. And I've, I've just heard nothing but good things about Berseria. It's a very solid, m the most modern um, take of the Tales games, other than, again, Tales of Arise that'll come later. Um, I, I agree with you, Berseria. Now, if you have handheld, I think that is a different story. I know uh, we didn't mention much of the handheld games. I did play a lot of Tales of Hardtar, <laughs> and it's really good on Vita. Yeah. It's very stable. It's a pretty good story from what I played uh, a while back. So I would just give a shout out if you can on if there's still a sale for Tales of Hearts. I don't, I don't know if it's still available. Really, It's, it's on the, play, the Vita store, but it's full price still. Oh, that's so rough because I, I did get on sale for like, I think, 25 bucks or yeah. something like I that. I mean, they've stopped and doing it, sales for PlayStation Vita like forever ago. It's so, so essentially sad. whatever the prices were set to before the sales ha stopped is what the prices are pretty much forever at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that's my answer is probably Preseria as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Tales of Arts are, I think, is a good starting point, too, if you've got, you know, a Vita lying around. Um, mm -hmm. You're definitely correct about that. Um, but yeah, like Vesperia, for example, I think is a great game, um, but I think it's the type of game where I think it's better to go back to that, you know, once you've maybe dabbled a little bit more in some of the Tales games, and, and, mm -hmm. and especially between the accessibility of Berseria combined with how cheap it is usually, um, combined with how good that game is, um, then honestly, I think that's probably the best play to, to start for anyone who doesn't want to spend, you know, all the, the money for Tales of Arise. Um, but mm -hmm. going back to kind of Gilgamesh's question a little bit, because he also asked, what's your favorite Tales game? Um, for me, honestly, it was Berseria for a longest time, and I think mm -hmm. it might actually, you know, continue that unless, you know, Tales of Arise really blows us away. Um, I, 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 and it wasn't always like that. I mean, I've always really liked games like Tales of Zillia, um, 
uh, as well as Tales of Graces F, which is on PlayStation 3. I have a really mm-hmm. soft spot for that game, despite the, that game is very, very difficult. It's one of the <laughs> hardest games I've ever played. Um, there's like a lot, but there's been a lot of great entries in Tales over the years. So, I mean, um, for a while I had, I've had a bunch of different favorites, but if you were to ask me now what my favorite game is, it's Berseria, which is why it's so easy for me to recommend that game. Um, it was one of my favorite games in 2017. And if anyone knows about 2017 and how stacked of a year 2017 was yeah. for games, that being in my top 10 games of that year just tells you everything you know about how much I like that game. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah. So that, that's probably my favorite Tales game and probably the best place to start. Of course, though, we should move on and talk a little bit about some of the Japanese only games, though, for Tales, because, again, there have been so many games that only, again, released in Japan. We got Tales of Destiny mm-hmm. 2, Tales of Rebirth, Tales of Innocence, Tales of Innocence R. I mean, for example, we ha- did you know we had a Nintendo DS version of Tales, Garrett, but it only I, came I, out in Japan? There was a Tale of Abyss. Yeah. That came, it, did that come out on 3DS, right? It ca- yeah, it was, a, it was a PS2 game that got ported to 3DS. Okay, okay. That's the only DS version I knew. I know there's another one, I guess, but is that Japan only? Yeah, it's Japan only because Tales of Innocence yeah. only came out Japan. Likewise, we had two Vita Tales of uh, Tales games that only gave out in Japan, which is uh, that, which just it hurts criminal. my soul. <laughs> I know. Like, come on. I, it's just, just, just like I think it would be fine to have Japanese, you know, voice acting and just like do your best to just straight auto I mean, do the auto English language translation. I don't know. I, I think a lot of fans would just appreciate that, but yeah. yeah. And and we had started to get hints this year of them wanting to do like this big celebration for the 25 years of Tales. And mm-hmm. I was thinking in my heart of hearts, maybe this is when they start to either A, bring <laughs> some of the Japanese only games over or B, give us some kind of collection with some of the older games. Because as we kind of alluded to, it's a lot harder to play some of these games if you don't have a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation mm-hmm. 2 or a PS1 lying around. Like, you don't really have a lot of great options for a lot of these games. And um, I was really hoping that maybe, maybe just the anniversary would kind of give us an opportunity to finally get some of these Japanese-only games. And it still hurts that we don't have these games. Um, and and yeah. this kind of ties into localization as well, because um, as we've kind of done, as I kind of did a little bit of research on this, I mean, the Tale series for a long time has been huge in Japan because the tail series there up until, you know, a couple years ago, um, it was on par with series like final fantasy and dragon quest in mm-hmm. sales in Japan. Like it's one of the wow. best selling RPG series in Japan of all time versus the North American sales, which are, you know, traditionally very poor for the series, which is mm. why a lot of times um, with some of the older games, we would get, you know, very rushed localizations or the localizations we get are, are just, very poor. In fact, um, like this game, for example, Tales of Symphonia that I'm showing you in the video, um, if you go watch the intro video for this, they wouldn't even license out the intro song for the game. So what they did is they put the same oh, intro that's kind of synced to this like really great music, this really great song, and then they replaced the song with like this generic music that you'd find on the YouTube uh, audio library, essentially. Um, yeah. And it just feels like so out of place when you're watching it. And it's and it, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about how much effort w- it w- was put into kind of, you know, bringing these up to a new standard. And really, we started to see a shift with this um, when Tales of Vesperia came out on, on right. 360, um, where that game 
they actually, instead of putting the generic um, intro song in there, for example, they re-recorded an English version of the same song, which still isn't great, but at the same time, it was a step up from, from what it had before. It's a little better. Yeah, and but that game was very much designed with North America in mind. The fact that it came out uh, like a couple weeks after Japan tells you everything you know about that. But then Zillia, for example, um, that was really when we started to see them just not touch anything at all and basically start to really um, like rewrite some of the stories so it made more sense um, for the English localization. It was just a much better product um, versus what we were kind of seeing with some of the earlier Tales ports. So cool. that's why I almost wish they would go to back to the drawing board on some of these older games. Like I know Tales from the Abyss when they did the 3DS version that you talked about, Garrett, they actually went back and actually rewrote a lot of that dialogue. So it just, it, oh, it was this, cool. so the story yeah. itself actually made more sense, and it's much closer to the Japanese version of that game versus um, what we got on the original PS2 release. And I'm really hoping that maybe one day we get them to go back to the drawing board with a lot of this stuff, kind of in the same way that Square is kind of doing with the the Mana series right now. Um, like we right. talked about back on the Mana se- uh, episode, where they they went and retranslated you know um, uh, Trials of Mana, and then mm-hmm. they they fixed up a lot of the the translation stuff in uh, Legend of Mana, the re-release. Um, and I would love to see kind of some of the same action being put into the Tales series from here, because I mean, it, it kind of sucks that a lot of these games right. A are stuck in Japan, or B the the versions that we have are are not great. Like especially like Tales of Fantasia on Game Boy Advance. Like <laughs> as much as I, I know, people maybe want to try the 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 roots of the Tales series. Don't play mm-hmm. that version of the game. It's terrible. <laughs> like the translation is terrible. Yeah. The combat's not great. I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of effort towards these older games would come out not this year, but maybe sometime next year. They'll see probably the performance of the Tales of Arise game in North America and go from there. I know there's a lot of effort right now with Square Enix with its older games. And I think they're they're really looking at, at that very closely. It's like, okay, do people really appreciate this franchise to the point of these fans in North America would appreciate this amount of effort? Because it costs money to do all of yeah. this type of stuff that you're mentioning. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just only a matter of time if the franchise keeps on growing. Yeah, um, for yeah. sure. So let's, of course, dive into the mechanics, as we always do on the RPG Cave. So yes. um, the Tales series itself, well, again, thematically, the games themselves are pretty are fairly different from each other. Um, usually in the Tales series, they're always action RPGs. They're, they're, none of yes. them are turn-based or anything like that. Um, even the spinoffs are all action RPGs, too. So, I mean, we've never really had, like, a turn-based Tales game at all, except for, I think, some of the mobile games might be. But for the most part, all the, mm-hmm. the standard releases are all action RPGs. Um, and they've always been games without random encounters, which has always been awesome to see. Yeah, um, it's great. They take a, a kind of the page out of the Chrono Trigger um, book where essentially you walk on the open world um, and you'll see like an enemy walking around. And if you walk into them, you'll start a battle and basically it'll transport you into a battle arena um, where mm-hmm. you have all of your party members basically fighting at the same time with each other. Um, but what's cool about the Tales series is you can actually switch between any of the characters at once. And, and the system actually kind of reminds me of the system in Final Fantasy VII Remake, where essentially it stops time as you kind of mm-hmm. uh, switch between the different teammates. If you want to play as, for example, like the healer for a while or um, kind of your, your magic user or, you know, your sword fighter or whoever you want in the party. Or if you just want to stick with one person all the time, you can definitely do that, too. So 
Um, that's one mechanic that's really stuck with the series ever since the beginning, ever since Tales of Fantasia on Super Famicom. It's basically stuck with the series ever since. Even Tales of Arise, I was very worried from the original trailer for Tales of Arise because they made it mm-hmm. look like this um, like open world um, very game open where, world. You, where yeah. you basically play as one person and you're basically fighting monsters. That was kind of what the first trailer showed, um, mm-hmm. but it didn't show us the rest of the party members or anything like that, so I was a little worried, that, like, oh, are they going to ha- change it so that you're only playing as one person? But no, mm-hmm. you can switch between all your party members at all the same time. So um, that's one thing that's always stuck around with the series. Um, but the, what's changed over the years, as far as the combat mechanics have concerned, is that, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, up until... Um, some of the, the PS3 Tales games, um, all of the combat took place on one flat plane, essentially, and the camera essentially moved, like, side-scrolled from left to right as you kind right. of went back and forth. Um, and you basically, you like, in order to, for example, get past one of your allies who might be right in front of you, you have to, like, jump over them in order to get to some of the enemies <laughs> on the other side, which is right. just very silly to think about, but that was kind of how, how the Tales combat started, but then it evolved to basically having these, like, 3D battle arenas that are kind right. of circular and you kind of run, you, you can, your characters run in a straight line towards the enemy that you're, you're kind of facing, um, that you're locked onto. Um, but then you can hold down a button to kind of free run around, uh, like the sides or whatever to kind of get to mm-hmm. the enemy rather than just running in a straight line all the time. Um, to the point where now tales of arise, um, it's basically throwing that idea out the window. And now just everything just moves on a 3D plane, without you having yes. to hold down like a free run button essentially to kind of run around, which I think it makes, it makes it feel a lot smoother to than some of the older games, even something like Berseria where it still has some of those in its combat mechanics. It's built in right, there. Right, 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 right. Um, I think this part, the mechanics itself, um, and it's just my personal preference. I don't find it as fun as a lot of other JRPGs. And, and it's nothing to do with, um, like how like bad it is or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, it's, I feel like every time I play a Tales game, it is so chaotic. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what to do in a lot. And there's not great feedback on like hitting the monsters and like going around and traversing. Um, I, I'll probably get used to it after I play a few more hours into it. Just like give it some patience and some time. Mm-hmm. But like just for people out there who wants to get in the Tales series, I feel like initially when I started playing these games, it's like, I don't know what to do. There's so many different things in the UI. I have to press many different buttons to get some form of attack or feedback with the monsters. There's so many party members. It feels a little chaotic in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And as someone who's mm-hmm. who's used to the Tales games now, it's just, you know, I don't really feel that when I play the games, but I, I it's good to have kind of, you know, mm. fresh eyes on the series because it's something that I don't ever really think about when I'm playing it, but I can see that maybe like a new player might get overwhelmed by it um, a little bit. But uh, at least there's a lot of tutorials, especially in something like Tales of Rosaria, for example, that kind of teach mm-hmm. you a lot of the stuff uh, that you really need to know. Like whenever you yes. unlock a new action or ability that requires you to do certain things, for example, it'll usually be like, hey, here's a tool tip to basically tell you um, this is what you need to know. Uh, just mm-hmm. don't skip this tooltip and, and read it, and you'll kind of you won't be too lost. Um, right. And, and the tail series has kind of moved from a lot of uh, there's like some of the older games are admittedly a little bit button mashy, especially against like yeah. bosses, for example. Um, but the newer games are more about performing combos. Um, against yes. certain enemies, especially like that started in Zestaria, and then they, it got really evolved in Rosaria, and now in the newest game, 
Um, combos play a big part in Tales of Arise, essentially. Yes. And that's really how a lot of the combat feels. But at least I know with Arise, um, that feels a little bit more... That I, I think it might alleviate the problem that you're talking about a little bit better, um, where mm-hmm. it's not as chaotic and you have a little bit more feedback you know, when fighting your enemies, yes. especially there's a lot more knockdowns. I noticed in that version, for example. Um, yes, there is, yeah. S- stuff like that that I think really gives you that feedback that you're actually, you know, killing this enemy, essentially, versus some of the older games. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's kind of how um, the combat mechanics work. Um, another mechanic that actually is always transi- transcended the series since the beginning is actually a focus on cooking as being part of the experience. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So um, in some of the, a lot of the older Tales games with cooking, um, what would end up happening is essentially you'd have a menu option for, for your cooking menu where you'd basically collect supplies and you'd learn recipes over the course of your adventure. And then at the end of combat, it will automatically make whatever recipe you've designated as the recipe to make at the end of combat mm-hmm. until you run out of agree- ingredients, essentially. Um, and then that food will give you a buff for your next battle, essentially. Or it'll regain you some health, or, or you, you can be pretty strategic with it, which I thought was pretty cool. In the newer mm-hmm. games, though, you usually just go to a campsite um, where you basically cook the food, but you're still earning mm-hmm. you know, recipes and ingredients as you progress through the adventure. Um, but it still gives you the same um, buffs that you would have found in some of the older games. Which, cool. So if you, if you know there's like a big boss coming up, you might eat some food that makes you more defensive so then you don't die as quickly or, or whatnot or you can increase your offense or a bunch of different stuff. So you can be pretty tactical with it, which is pretty cool. Um, as far as another mechanic that's always been in the games as well is the skit system, which I know people are very hit or miss with, essentially. So, uh, and it's but it's something we don't really see in other RPGs. So, mm-hmm. as you're walking around, sometimes in the bottom right hand corner, you'll random see, randomly see some text pop up, usually a title of whatever the skit is. Um, and essentially, if you press the select button on the controller, for in most cases, um, but it depends mm-hmm. on obviously what what tail skin you're playing it'll basically play like this little skit where um you've got these little windows with the the, with the character portraits and they're kind of talking to each other and they basically perform a little skit for you essentially that's in relation to whatever location you're currently in or if you fought a specific boss usually there's a skit or two that can kind of follow the boss um and those Mm -hmm. are totally optional you don't have to do them um they're just there if you want to kind of get more lore or um learn more of the about the characters and whatnot like that's more what, what the skits are for. And I know a lot of people are kind of hit or miss with them because obviously I know that you not everyone wants, wants to sit there and watch little dialogue boxes, just talk to each other for, right. you know, two or three minutes, but I don't cool. know. I think they're pretty it, cool. Not only that, but they, they're like fully voiced too, which is pretty cool. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Bravely default does a similar thing. So yeah, it's just a good, good thing to get more out of a game and, yeah. and more lore and more character involvement in there. Yeah, exactly. Just learn more about the characters. Also, some of the Tales games, not all of them, but some of them have dialogue choices that actually impact the ending. Like Tales of Symphonia, for example, um, will have like you'll have dialogue choices throughout the game. And then Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, your choices, you'll and you'll have a different ending that correlates with that choice. Um, So Mm -hmm. choices themselves, though, aren't, you know, hugely prominent in the series, but it's something that we do see in some of the Tales games. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if they're going to pop up in Tales of Arise at all. Um, we didn't see much of that in the demo, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to know what'll happen here. And that kind of wraps up our mechanics discussion, but that transitioned us nicely, Garrett, into Tales of Arise, because we yes. should talk about it. It's out this week, 
the week that uh, you're, you guys are listening to this. Two weeks for, for us while we're recording this. So we both played the demo for Tales of yes. Arise. Um, so Garrett, I think we both, when we had talked about Tales of Arise in like our big RPG preview episode, I think we mm-hmm. both were excited for, uh, for Tales of Arise. Before yes. coming, before it came out, um, after the demo, has have you changed at all? Has your pr- perspective changed on you being excited about this game? What do you think? I think after playing the demo, I my impression is like, oh, this is a Tales game and not like this open world um, single player, as we mentioned before in the in the trailers, uh, which isn't bad, of course. Um, I like playing, going through the demo and figuring out the combat style and choice. Um, it is a beautiful game. That's yeah. like the first and foremost. It is by far the most advanced tech, like graphically and color-wise than any previous Tales game. And I'm so here for that. It's like it beautiful animations. The colors in, in HDR just just fly out of my TV. And it's just stable frames, 60 frames everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give kudos to that, to, to Tales of Rise and that demo. It is, it is a technical showpiece, for sure, for, yeah. for JRPGs. Well, you have to remember um, also, Tales of Berseria also came out on PlayStation 3. So yes. this is the first time they've done a Tales game that hasn't had to come out on PlayStation 3 before. So That, that is correct. So that I think that correct. plays into it a little bit. Um, other than that, yeah, it is definitely a Tales game, though. You go into combat, you go into a monster, and... Um, you have a bunch of party members and you're attacking and, and that's fine. I know it's going to be another Tales game. I'm sure it's going to be another great Tales game. Um, I just think, uh, for me anyways, I don't want to go forward and pay $60 day one um, mm. because I have a lot of other Tales games that right. I can go through right now. I have Tales of Spirit on uh, Switch. I got Tales of Berseria on Steam and I got... Tales of Hearts are on Vita. Mm-hmm. So I got plenty of Tales games to, to fill, fill up that genre right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll keep my eye on it for, for reviews, uh, impressions, uh, sales. Uh, I'll definitely keep an eye on Tales of Arise. Yeah, for sure. I know we'll be talking about it on the show because currently um, myself and Matt Sawinski, my co-host over nice. on PlayStation Drive, are currently booked to actually do a review for Tales of Arise. Um, so we're going to be doing like a review discussion on the show, kind of like what we did with kind of the, the Psychonauts review or the, the, mm-hmm. the Sky review that I did um, earlier this year on the RPG games. So um, mm-hmm. that, that we're, we've got that coming up. For me, I was already pretty excited for Tales of Arise going into it because, again, I'm a massive Tales fan. So, of course, I'm going to be excited for it. And um, the demo just reaffirmed why I'm excited for the game because it just feels like a smart evolution of what I've always really liked about the Tales games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically took it. It seems like they've taken out all of the combat systems that I didn't really, you know, love from some of the older games and then replaced them with really ga- great, you know, new versions of the combat, especially one of the things I really loved about the combat in the demo was the air combos um, because that was mm-hmm. something you haven't really, because you've always been able to jump and attack in older Tales games, but you've never had like, combos that you can do in midair like you have different okay. arts for example um which are kind of your skills that you can use in midair versus on the ground um so what you can do is use some of your ground combos to kind of propel enemies into the air like devil may cry mm-hmm. style jump into the air and do a bunch of combo uh, like combos in the air to kind of mm-hmm. like juggle them in the air which also prevents them to, from taking actions against you or attacking, um, which I thought was just really well, like really well implemented 
in the combat this time for, uh, for Tales of Rise versus some of the older games where for the most part you'd have to, ch- you could juggle a little bit on the ground, but mm-hmm. um, y- it also made the combat feel a little more seamy in some of the older games where I, I feel I can mix and match a lot more with the yes. Tales of Rise combat. I think that that, like, it, it definitely had a big step up. Not only that, but I also liked the idea of being able to call in some of your teammates um, using kind of the, the D-pad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you played around oh, that, yeah. with that at all, where you t- call them in and they do like a special attack. Almost like Marvel versus Capcom, which it, <laughs> it was really like that. Me. It was like Scarlet Nexus as well. It's just like yeah. you call in your characters and they do an attack and it, it, it sells like benefiting. It's like, oh, there's an extra thing you can do other than just smashing your buttons and doing your regular attacks. I think it was a, a, a cool flavor to add into the game. Yeah. And not only that, but it kind of break, uh, combines with the, the knockdown system. Um, yes. where essentially if, uh, you're, you're getting an enemy close to being knocked, o- knocked over or being stunned, you can then summon, mm-hmm. summon one of your teammates, which will guarantee that stun or knockdown happens essentially mm-hmm. as soon as their attack kicks off. And then you can do chain some crazy attacks from there. Um, so I really loved how the combat involved. Um, again, I'm, I'm mostly focusing on the combat with the demo because we didn't really get any sense of the story. And I'm very mm-hmm. glad we didn't, because honestly, this is the type of game that I just don't want to be spoiled on. Like I've been pers- purposely avoiding the trailers and whatnot for the game because mm-hmm. I don't want to be spoiled on the story at all. Um, right. So I am hoping that that's I think that's the one element where that could prevent this from being a knockout of the park is if the story just is bland or if it's not great or if it has some pacing issues that, you know, maybe that might be um, where this game falters a little bit, but we'll see how, how that, that story is when the game comes out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think from the combat, from the visuals though, like those seem like slam dunks for me as a tales fan, as someone who, um, but even like, I, I know from talking to other people that haven't played a tales game before, I've, I've heard from other people who haven't played them as well, who played the demo and loved it too. So mm-hmm. um, I do think that the, it, this is probably going to attract a lot more people to Tales that maybe haven't played it before. But you, you make a good point, Garrett, in the sense that maybe if you're not totally into it, maybe you don't want to plunk down, you know, $80 for the game. Like it's, it's right. a lot, lot to spend. I say $80 because that's in Canadian dollars, mind you. I mean, that's <laughs> you guys have normal $60 prices. But Is it out on PS4 or is it PS5 only? It's PS4 and PS5. Okay, cool. And so also I Xbox a- and uh, Series X. Okay, there will be a lot of Japanese sales then for this game too. Oh yeah, definitely. I yeah. imagine, in fact, it'll probably be like the Scarlet Nexus split when we saw kind of the initial sales for it where like 85% of sales were on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 and right. 15% <laughs> of them were on Xbox. Like I imagine it's going to be something similar with this one too. So mm-hmm. uh, either way, I'm very excited to try out Tales of Arise. Um, Garrett, I hope you'll be able to check it out when, when it goes on sale as well. Um, and I'm very excited yes. to hear what you think about it when when uh, the full games comes out. So as far as the future of Tales is concerned, because I wanted to kind of use this kind of round out our discussion on the series. Um, Garrett, I'm interested. Yes. To, I'm really interested to know what you think about this as far as where you as someone who has has some problems with the Tales series and um, mm-hmm. hasn't really played a ton of them. For someone like you, who's maybe like kind of on the outside, the periphery of the Tales series, where do you really think the story, the, the Tales series should go from here beyond Tales of Arise? Like what type of improvements would you like to see come to Tales? That's a pretty good question. Um, I, think, uh, I think they're going in a good direction with Tales of Arise, first and foremost. They are definitely refining the combat and making sure that you can use a lot of different combos in order to like get into the battle systems a little bit more, ease into it a little bit more. 
Um, I think they don't need to change much with like, um, I guess like JRP tropes or story beats or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to see um, more in later Tales games is like, don't I, I would eventually not separate the battlefield system with actual real world. Like mm. do it more like Final Fantasy 15 where it's like you go into the battle and like that's the battle arena, right? You you just enclose that circle arena itself and now you're you're going into combat. So I would like mm-hmm. that to be a little bit more seamless. Um I think I I still need to play a little bit more of these games in order to get a full gist of what what these games actually are. Mm-hmm. Um but is there any like upgradable systems or skills and stuff like that with these ca- individual characters or like I know there's a level up system, mm-hmm. um, but like coming from just the Tales of Arise demo and just playing a little bit of these previous games, I'm not sh- too sure. It, are th- are there like skills in this uh, in these games? So you do have have the the skills no- called arts, um, but you usually arts, yes. learn them as you go. You don't really have like this big okay. skill tree or anything like that. Um, for the most part, they, they, it's mostly just mixing and matching the arts that you get um, okay, with kind okay. of getting the setup that you kind of want. That, that's kind of how they've done it over the years. But you're right. Maybe that might add some more depth to some of the gameplay. Right. Maybe adding some more skills or, or more customization to some of the characters. Because you can customize what arts you use for each character, but at the same time, like... Mm-hmm. You're not really choosing which ones to go pursue or whatnot, or mm-hmm. even there, there's no skill points or anything like that. So you're not like putting, you know, stuff into attack and defense or or whatever, what have you, um, from mm-hmm. a, some other RPGs. So maybe that's something they can do. Um, it's also like, especially with the stats in this game, it's very much based around equipment. It's more equipment um, driven than a lot of our other RPGs are. So mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. kind of getting the best equipment will usually give you the best stats. That's kind I of see. usually I how see. this works. I think one more thing, I, I don't think this should be in Tales games, but something they may try out or maybe mm-hmm. try to dabble with is like pull a like a time action type of skill where like you're going through and doing a lot of different combos and then you can pause and mm-hmm. do a set of combos in succession to a monster. And it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be the core mechanic. That doesn't have to be like, uh, what it's centered around, but maybe every once in a while you could do it like, I don't know, twice or three times in a battle. Mm. I think that would be pretty cool to just mix things up and you have some control of your battle mm. is to have these these different combos that you can plan out. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's pretty cool. Like you, the idea of like doing like almost like a macro um, yes. and just having like a big chain go off. I think that would be pretty cool. For me, what I would love to see as, as a Tales fan Number one, just how like going without a Tales game for so long has kind of sucked um, because I, I love I the bet. series. And I mean, it's, again, the fact that we haven't had a new one since the play, the, the PlayStation three. And again, even though Berseria came out on PlayStation four and Cesaria uh, did, too, I think of those more as PlayStation three games. So the fact yeah. that we really haven't had one since then just hurts to see. And maybe what I think they should do with the Tales series going forward is maybe try out some different stuff because I know they had a lot of side games for Tales, but they also kind of evoke the same kind of combat from the Tales series. Yeah. But what I would love to see is maybe them try them have like the Tales series try some different genres, like maybe like a, oh, a, yeah. a like a turn based Tales game or a strategy like RPG with the from the Tales series because I think the Tales series has always 
been fantastic for as far as the writing is concerned or as far as the mm-hmm. characters are concerned. Like those have been the, the some of the best parts of the series. Um, mm-hmm. And the combat's always been pretty good. Like I've always enjoyed the combat. Um, but with before up until this point, the combat had started to feel a little bit stale. It, yes, it feels definitely yeah. fresher in Arise. But I would love to see them maybe do something different with Tales and maybe try mm-hmm. some different stuff. Like, I think it would be pretty cool. Like, e- even even if they had to license out another studio to maybe um, work on, like, a side game that's maybe like a tactics game or something like that while they do, like, a, the ma- while the main team works on the, a new mainline Tales game. Like, I think that would be pretty cool. Like, I think it would maybe grow the series and maybe kind of get more people on board with the Tales mm-hmm. series versus doing something similar all the time. It's the same reason why, like, you know, Final Fantasy kind of branches out and doesn't do the same thing with every single yeah. game. Like, that's why yeah. they've changed stuff over the years. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake feels very different from Final Fantasy XV, which feels very different from Final Fantasy XIV, which feels very different from Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, yeah. but because more than likely with one of those games, you're going to find, like, if you're, if you're an RPG fan, you're probably going to find something to like in one of those four types of games um, mm-hmm. versus, versus if they just kept it the same the whole time. Um, right. And right. I think that maybe that's probably where I'd like to see kind of the tale series go beyond tales of Arise. But I do think they're on a good track as well. Like you said, with Arise, I, I do think it's probably going to end up being an awesome game. And yeah, I can't be, ex- I can't be more excited to, uh, to play it and to talk about it and, uh, yeah. to kind of get into things. It's going to be definitely one of the biggest RPGs this fall between that and Shin Megami Tensei, um, and Pokemon. Yeah. So uh, this fall is crazy. Advance Wars. Yeah. It's like, Oof. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be crazy be, this fall. It's gonna be big fall for RPGs, and I think like those are kind of like the front, the big front runners for um, what to look forward to. But we talked about mm-hmm. that on the RPG preview episode. Um, so I think that's probably gonna wrap up our conversation about Tales, the Tales series overall. Um, personally, again, I just love the Tales series, so I'm just happy we got a finally got a chance to kind of sit down and talk about it and uh, mm-hmm. give Garrett a little bit of education and background on yes. some of the, the Tales games. Thank um, you which, very again, much. I think it's important to talk about this series too, because it's also, it's, it's a great series that again, just doesn't get a lot of love in North America because it's just so much more popular in Japan than it is here. Um, so I do think it's important to talk about. In fact, Garrett next week, um, kind of teasing up next week's (laughs) episode, you're going to kind of do the same thing in reverse with you telling me about the Atelier series, which also kind of thematically kind of fits with the tale series in a lot of ways because i know that series it does much more popular in japan than it is here too so yes. um I, I think it's gonna be interesting to talk about that but that's next week's episode garrett before we go garrett plugs you you can follow me at twitter at bland explosion and you can follow me at twitch at twitch.tv slash bland explosion um and i'm a co-host over at nintendo shack we are switching it up uh pretty soon uh so just keep an eye out for the new co-host that's coming in Oh, who's it going to be? It's um, Donnie, isn't it? Donnie's the new co-host. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, follow me over there and support at patreon.com slash PSVG. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at YouMeCaprice. Um, yes. Also, I forgot to mention when we were reading questions on the show, if you want to have your question read on the show, um, if you follow us on Twitter at Yumi Capriz, we put up a question post every single Friday um, mm-hmm. where we talk about, we mentioned, you know, what we're talking about. Leave your questions there and we'll read them here. Or if you join our Discord, the Yumi and Capri Discord, the link is in the show notes. Or likewise, um, if you leave a comment right here on YouTube with your question, we'll read it on the show as well. So mm-hmm. for Garrett Bland, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been the 15th level of the RPG Cave. 
and we're out. I'm going to play some Tales of Azera. Bye-bye. The RPG Caves mana is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. And I want to say thanks to each and every one of our Patreon supporters for all of your support throughout the years, as well as supporting our independent content. And let's start with, I think, your premium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown. You can find his content over at youtube.com slash PM Entertainment. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Mailer and Trucker Sloth. And our gold members, Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Emily O'Kelly, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Benji Kong, Marcus O'Neill, RJ Kern, Dano, Skinny Matt, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Foolish Fuji, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you all for all of your support.